Welcome to the Cultivating Curiosity podcast. My name is Nathan Blake and my co-host is Allison Keene. And we are so excited to begin this venture, uh, new to both of us, and we are glad that you have joined us. Today is going to serve as a bit of an introduction, an intro to us, to our work, and to our hopes uh, for this podcast. So thank you for being here, and I'm going to turn it over to Allison as she starts our introductions. So my name is Allison Keene, and I am a practicing therapist. I'm an advocate. I am a mom, a daughter, a wife, and recently turned rebel rouser. So those are all little parts of who I am. I'm also (laughs) excited to, to kind of bring some some of who I am in the art and practice that I love that is therapy to a greater audience and a greater world. So Nathan, who are you? Yeah, thanks. I'm I'm Nathan Blake. I am a practicing therapist in Burlington, North Carolina. Uh, I'm also a husband and a dad of, of two little ones under five. And uh, I am also excited to to bring some creativity to the work that I love. Um, Allison and I both uh, spend most of our time in therapy, in, in what we call the billable hour. Uh, these are therapy hours with individuals, families, and couples. Uh, and this is a creative way for us to bring you our work. Uh, Our hope for this podcast is that uh, you are invited a bit into the therapy room uh, with the themes and subjects that come up in our offices on a daily basis. And so we're excited to bring you uh, so much of what we see on a a weekly basis. Um, Allison, what? And you get it for free, right? Like, you get it so for like, free. You get a snippet of therapy for free. Uh-huh. And how cool is that to be able to just kind of sit with something and listen to something and be able to look at it in a new way? So yes. if you were going to ask me a question, Nathan, what was that? Yes. Well, one was uh, I want to know about this new title you have of, of Rebel Rouser. Um, but the oh, second yeah. one was the second question is like, uh, tell me the folks that you see in your office and the types of uh, clients that you work with. Yeah, good question. So the the title of Rebel Rouser, I think it's kind of interesting because as a kid, I was always so timid, so meek, and so like painfully shy. Um, and true story. Uh, I would hide behind my mom's skirt in public. And so literally like a kid that would just hide behind things. And now I find myself uh, discovering more of my identity. And as my insides 
become a little bit more clear. I'm challenging myself to let that be known in the outer world and to have more of a voice. And sometimes that voice butts up against things that are not just um, or not uh, what is the popular notion. And so to let that voice be heard in a honest, sometimes gentle, sometimes firm way. So I'm I'm very much discovering that, but I'm owning it too. So that's the rebel Bowser part of me. Um, I love it. I love it. <laughs> the uh, what type of clients do I see? So I see a wide variety. I typically see from ages five all the way up to you know seventies. I would say that my most common group of of people that uh, sit with me are people who, you know, it's interesting. So there's often these parallel processes, right? And uh, as you're, like for me, my process is like deepening identity, clarifying values, understanding more about how I move in the world affects the world. I'm seeing a lot of clients who are working through similar things like that. Um, I also see couples working through relationship issues. Um, And sometimes that's just wanting to deepen intimacy. Sometimes that's working out um, struggles. Um, I see a lot of like kind of coming of age, moving from one stage to another, whether that's um, independence from adolescence into adulthood or becoming an adult and becoming more um, autonomous, more independent and aware. Um, so I see, I feel like I see a pretty wide variety. I would say my specialty falls into the trauma, grief, and loss. Um, I also have, even more specifically than that, significant background and training on sexual trauma and uh, recovery. So let me flip that question back to you, Nathan. What kind of clients do you see? Yes, yes. Thank you for uh, your words were great. I one of the things I I want to just um, echo is this uh, theme of hiding. Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. something that comes up in the therapy room a lot. It's also something that's been true for my own life is Mm. um, this proclivity to just hide, hide, hide my own beliefs. Uh, And and we will get much more into where that hiding comes from. But as I think about uh, the the title of our podcast and our hope for this podcast being cultivating curiosity, um, I think that's been a big. Uh, journey of mine, being curious about my beliefs, my values, the things that I find important, and then gaining a voice and the courage to speak those into the world. Um, And my background doesn't necessarily uh, uh, support that. I think that's been Mm -hmm. a long time coming and continues uh, to develop in me. So I'm I'm grateful for your uh, sharing of your experience of hiding because I think that's so often uh, what brings folks into the therapy room. 
so folks that I see, I, I see a wide variety of range ages, uh, ranging from 10 years old to I have a client who's 92. And so um, uh, lots of the same issues that you mentioned, although uh, a big part of my work is in spiritually integrated psychotherapy. Um, and uh, at some point, we'll kind of talk about different forms of therapy and different types of therapy. Um, but I come from a, uh, a church background, a Protestant church background, um, and uh, my, my work has been in uh, working with folks who are often coming out of Protestant congregations as well as other uh, religious folks who are interested in incorporating their religious values and beliefs into the work of therapy. And so a big piece of my work is just that. How do we understand our faith in the midst of what we are experiencing in our life? Uh, and also, uh, tragedy, trauma, difficulty, struggle often uh, uh, really changes the way that we see our faith. And so uh, a big part of what I do is invite folks into a space where they feel uh, comfortable and free uh, to really ask the difficult questions of faith. And I and I notice, just in transparency, I notice that even saying that, there is this other part of me that, that is that is a little bit critical of it. Uh and I think I think that speaks true to uh often uh those of us who grew up in religious uh uh environments the idea that you could even ask questions of your faith uh, uh, was not one that, that would often come up. And so I, I even noticed talking about it here today that there's a part of me that, that even feels a little critical of that. But but that therapy room being a space where we invite curiosity into the values, into the beliefs that, that sometimes remain hidden. Might also add to that, I see, I also hold a, a clinical addiction licensure, and so I do see a myriad of folks in a range of addiction issues. I see couples, I enjoy working with couples. So let's talk a little bit about the podcast, our hope for the podcast, what we are are wanting to do uh, with with this and uh first of all just as a a bit of housekeeping our our hope is to have something for you every two weeks uh, around some of the topics that uh come up in our office um we hope to bring on guests uh that will offer some differing perspectives around the topics that we uh of the week um and our, our our ultimate hope is that this be a an invitation for you uh, to invite curiosity into your own life, into the things that you find important and valuable and meaningful. Um, Allison, what would you add to that? Yeah, I don't think I would add anything different other than just echoing that curiosity has, you know, Nathan, you've talked about the role that curiosity has played in your own life, specifically when it has come to how faith has informed asking questions and asking questions of faith. And I think that is kind of the, one of the pillars of um, therapy practice and personal practice is 
cultivating a practice of curiosity towards ourselves and towards others. And so, you know, I think most of what we'll do, even though we're going to talk about a whole myriad of topics and hopefully expose all of us to different uh, schools of thought or, you know, different things of interest is how does curiosity inform that and how can we stay curious um, in ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's a, that's, I think that's a great invitation to kind of move into what is it that curiosity even means? Our, our kind of subtext for this podcast has been uh, a journey towards wholeness that mm-hmm. cultivating curiosity into our life uh, uh, brings about a journey toward being and feeling more whole. Um, and so I think, Allison, it would be good for you and I to kind of sit with that and um, sort of bring to folks what, where the inspiration for this podcast came from and what we even mean when we say cultivating curiosity and what we mean when we say wholeness. Um, and so I might start with you. What, when you hear, <laughs> hear the word curiosity, what, what, what does that stir up? Yeah, I feel like curiosity really was formed within me during the postgraduate residency um, work of deepening uh, understanding of therapeutic practice and Russell Jones, our great wise leader, yes, had a, a way of not just talking about curiosity but embodying it and really modeling it that never once, as I shared my novice work as a therapist, did I ever feel judged, yet he invited me into a place of being more and more curious of why, how I responded to that, what was in me was going on. So noticing not just mentally being curious, but even in a body sense, we're always responding to the world around us and to our own internal process. So curiosity, yeah. I think, has so many different layers, um, but I think it really became a solidified pillar for me in the residency work, and I just realized that in every single session and even personally every day, there is a practice of curiosity, of evaluating from a non-judgmental stance what's going on right now, Mm -hmm. what's going on below the surface, um, and how is that informing me? How is that providing data to me? What you got on that, Nathan? That's so good. Yeah, I think of it as a as a process of self empathy uh, mm. that we we are building empathy towards us, the things that we react to, the things that we respond to. I think so often it's in our nature, especially if it's a difficult emotion like anxiety or a depressed feeling, uh, to either ignore it or become embodied by it. We sort of live on those extremes. An example of that is, you know, becoming anxious about something in your life. Our common response to that is either to be totally embodied by this anxiety. It it takes over every part of our being. 
or to, to really try to ignore it, to try to push it away. And I think curiosity is an invitation to sit in uh, both the difficult emotions of life as well as the things that we're passionate about and the things that we experience that we may try to shove down. Um, and so curiosity to me is really this journey inward of becoming a more integrated person. And when I when I think of wholeness, that's the word that comes to mind, integrated, that there are no parts of my life that I feel like I have to hide. Mm, okay. That that in every part of my life, in every uh, place I go, I feel like a grounded, whole person. And if you're like me, uh, that is not always the case. You know, I can, I, in my own life, I can be a bit of a social chameleon um, and sort of read the room and become what I need to become in that environment. So if it's with family, they may get a different version of me than someone sitting in the therapy office. Uh, and and so I think uh, wholeness to me is becoming courageous and integrated in a way that allows you, uh, the the most true sense of you, and in a, in a faith context, the, the person that God has created you to be, to show up in an authentic way in, in, in every environment that you encounter. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, I sort of think of when, when I hear the term curiosity and when I hear the term wholeness. Yeah. In fact, I wonder sometimes, because kind of the question comes to mind, of like, is that possible? Is that like, yeah. you know, I... And I think wholeness does not mean completed necessarily or perfect. So I really like the way it's termed integration because we are dynamic, changing people. So we, if we're alive, we're changing. And so the way that we are in the relationships that we're in in our lives are always changing. So how that that mark of wholeness is not a static one that's never going to shift. So I think that's why it's a constant journey, too. It's it, yes. walking in that direction. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, Allison, it makes me think, you know, I think such a colloquial term that uh, or phrase that we use is like finding ourselves, that hmm. that that we... Uh, we experience times in life where we feel like we don't know who we are, and so we embark on this journey of finding ourselves. And I think mm-hmm. our assumption of that traditionally is that self is somewhere out there, that, if, that yeah. if I acquire the right things, if I'm in the right relationship, if I have the the, the right stuff around me, then I will finally be able to be me. And I think what the therapy process invites and what I am learning in my own life is that really the journey of finding oneself, of finding ourselves, is a journey inward. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a journey that starts inward that then, of course, leads to different decisions in our outside world. Uh, But I don't Mm -hmm. think that the journey towards self starts outside of us. 
It is this this inward process of understanding who we are, what our values are, and finding the courage to show up in a way that feels authentic. Then the things in our mm-hmm. life begin to make more sense. Mm-hmm. What would you add? 100%. Uh, 100%. I mean, I, as you're talking about journeying inward, letting that inform the way that you organize the outside world. Gosh, so many other themes come up in that that I'm thinking these have to be other topics that we talk about. Things yeah. like control, things like boundaries, because there is this constant interplay between journeying inward to know your inner world and letting that inform how you act, your outside world. But we also live in a world where we always we can't control other people's actions. So how do we move in the world when we can't control other people's actions? So, you know, that just brings to mind all sorts of other really deep topics that I think would be really worthwhile for us to explore down the road, too. Yes, yes. Allison, let's go there. I would like to share with folks who are listening some of the topics that we've kind of pitched as yeah. uh, uh, some of the things that we would love to to bring on the podcast that we hope to invite guests uh, around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would be important that we, we both come from a, uh, a spiritually integrated place. And, and while not all of our guests might come from that trajectory um uh if if integrating faith into the internal work you're doing is something that is of interest to to you i think you'll find a lot of that in this podcast um but even if not even if faith is is not or spirituality is not something important in your life uh, we hope you will still find um some truth here that that might be helpful. Um, so one of those very topics yeah. then is is spiritual integration. What does that look like? What does that mean for my life? How do I understand my relationship with God uh, or higher power or truth or energy um, as it relates to the things that I'm doing and going through? Uh, I think that 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 will be a, a big topic for us to explore. Absolutely, and and as you're talking about spiritual integration, sometimes I mean we all come from different backgrounds and so have a different way of identifying what that means. Um, but one of the kind of um, definitions or defining uh, things for me has been the understanding that spirituality can be explicit or implicit, and explicit is often that faith-oriented talk, religious, you know, very God talk kind of. You know, we're talking about very overt spiritual things, um, church uh, tenets of faith, and implicit can be. Um, in some ways, like softer uh, themes that run through things that are not as obvious. And I would say these are often things that I touch on every single day with clients. Yeah. And it's not always named as spiritual, but something like a sense of belonging, mm. a sense of community, 
a sense mm-hmm. of purpose. What was I made to do? Not even made, but like, am I making a difference in this world, or am I just a cog in the wheel here? Yeah. Um, sense of passion, um, community. I mean, the I would say those are core things that are present in every session, whether or not they're named as those titles, as those themes. Mm. I would say every single session has yes. a sense of that in some way or another. So, you know, for me, spirituality, spiritually integrated psychotherapy is is recognizing that when it's mm-hmm. in the room. Yeah. yeah. And being able to speak to that more. And we may never touch on a religion um, or faith background but we just might be aware of present spiritual themes that are interwoven mm-hmm. in a client's life. Yes, yes. Yeah, it and it, it leads me to another topic that we've we've mentioned and that and that is grief. Uh grief is yes. one of those areas that even folks who who are not particularly religious or don't identify with a, a particular religion um, may have experiences that feel very spiritual, that connect mm-hmm. them with their loved one or connect them with a feeling of peace in the midst of sorrow. Um, and mm-hmm. so grief, I think, is another uh, category that that we we hope to touch on. And a few mm-hmm. others that, that we've pitched around, um, one, uh, one being uh, the area of substance use, what does curiosity mm-hmm. and wholeness look like for folks who are experiencing uh, addiction, whether it be a substance addiction or or some other type of addiction? Um, but what does wholeness look like for for those folks, uh, for you, if you're experiencing that? Um, and then also sexuality. Uh, uh, there are a myriad of of trails we we hope to go down around around sexuality, uh, but this is a big place that a lot of folks feel the need to hide, whether it be sexual orientation uh, uh, or sexual expressions. Um, this is an area that often, especially in uh, we are, if there's anyone listening outside of North Carolina, we are in 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 uh, southern part of the U.S., and I think there's kind of a a cultural expectation, uh, a taboo around sex and sexuality, as well as just kind of this political divide even still. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a, a huge theme of wholeness that comes up in my office is how how do we understand our own sexuality uh, uh, what does healthy sexuality look like for us, and what does it mean to live into our sexual selves uh, in the world and in our relationships? And so, those are a few other topics that uh, we we hope to cover. Yeah, and I would say that we are open to feedback on what what is generating interest. You know, we might. Yeah want to take a rabbit trail based on some of the feedback that y'all provide. Um, I think, Nathan, we also talked about um, focusing some time on grounding and meditation. 
yes. be a wonderful tool um, and, and an easily accessible tool when someone's not in the therapy office to practice some of the things that might have been practiced in session and have it kind of accessible at your fingertips. Yes, and Allison mentioned, too, I think a, a big topic um, that comes up uh, in the church and in our in our world is this idea of forgiveness. Uh, what yeah. does that look like uh, in a real way? Um, what is forgiveness, and and how do we go about that? Not only forgiving uh, people in our lives who have hurt us, or asking forgiveness from someone who we have hurt, but also forgiving ourselves. I think so many of us carry uh, this giant weight of who we were or um, the decisions we've made in our past. And so what does self-forgiveness look like? How do we open ourselves up in a curious way um, to the parts of us that are hanging on to the shame and the guilt that we have we have uh, encountered in our life? Uh, and how do we find wholeness? Uh, in through the shame, through the guilt that we carry. And so that's uh, something else we hope to touch on. So we're thankful that you joined us today, and um, we're excited to kind of see where we go with this. We'd love your input, your feedback on what topics are of interest or maybe what piqued your curiosity and how it might be impacting you. Um, if you'd like to hear more, just stay with us. We're going to be bringing more your way. And thanks for joining us today.